I feel encouraged this morning. I'm encouraged by the goodness of God. I'm encouraged by his love and his faithfulness. God, you are good. We worship you in this place. And God, we thank you for your word. Lord, that you haven't left us to, to figure out life on our own, God. But you have given us your word, your, your love letter, your, your direction. And Lord, I pray that as we read your word and as we hear from your heart today, God, that, that the words wouldn't just be something that, that tickles our ears or causes us to, to think about it, God, but I pray that your word would also sink down deeply inside of our hearts, God. Lord, that it would cause us to change direction, that it would cause us to move, that it would cause us to accelerate, that it would cause us to take action both in our personal, individual lives and in the world that we live in. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Come on, someone say he's good. He's good. I just want you to look at the person you're sitting beside and say, he's got a word for me this morning. He's got a word for me this morning. Amen, amen. You may be seated. Amen. Wow. Wow. Man, I will tell you what, if God isn't good, <laughs> the, the last five or six times that I've uh, shared with you what God has put on my heart, it seems that during worship, it's, His Word is already going forth. It's already taken root. And so that's, it's no different today because today I have a word of encouragement for you. Come on, I don't know about you, but... Uh, I've had it about up to here with bad news. <laughs> I've had about all I can take, come on. I know you feel the same way too, I know you do. So today I just want to encourage you. I wanna lift you up with the word of God this morning and I wanna do that starting out by just congratulating everyone today, congratulations. You have officially made it 53% of the way through 2020. <laughs> Come on. I saw a, uh, a meme on Instagram this last week that said I, something along the lines of, I hope 2020 is like a mullet. It's, it's been all business up front, but I'm, I'm praying that there's a party in the back, you know? Come on. Uh, I, I mean, I feel that. I mean, that, that's, that's on a spiritual level right there. We got 166 days until Christmas. 100, but who's counting, right? Who's counting? 173 days until 2021. I know for a lot of people, those days can't seem to pass quick enough, but I wanna give you encouragement. 2020 is not over yet. And I don't mean to say that to be like, oh man. I mean to say it like this. God's not done with 2020 yet. Come on, he is not done with 2020. And so I wanna encourage you not to just look forward to what's next, but to take hold of where we're at today. Because there is opportunity from God for the church in the day we're in right now. I love what Pastor Billy said this morning, and I wanna honor Pastor Billy and Sister Peggy for allowing me to come and share with you the word that I believe God has put on my heart for this morning. Thank you so much for, for opening up the pulpit and, and allowing me to share. I love what Pastor Billy said. He said, we, we can't just 
be, or it might have been Brother Don, I don't remember. I think, I think everybody might have said it this morning, but we can't just be the people that have our heads down. We gotta pick our chin up. Come on, because there's still stuff to look forward to and God is still moving in this place. Amen. I feel like the devil is, has kind of been grinning the beginning of this year. And I feel, I don't know if you've ever, uh, I, I like to watch football and unfortunately, or at least for the last few years, uh, the Cowboys have not been doing real well. It's been hard to be a Dallas Cowboy fan. Uh, I'm going to be honest and open and transparent with you here today. Uh, it's been a little bit difficult. And one thing I've noticed, and it always gets under my skin whenever I'm watching a game, if they are just being annihilated by the other team in the first half, then they already look defeated. And as a sports fan, whenever I watch a team that's playing like they've already lost, it just kind of agitates me and irritates me a little bit. I'm like, come on, man. It might be 42 to nothing, but come on. Let's, let's do it. Let's come on. Let's put a little bit more energy. Let's get this. Let's go. And I feel like a lot of this year has been that way for Christians. We've just kind of been walking around with our shoulders slumped a little bit, just saying, man, we'll get them next year. <laughs> but come on, we're only 53% of the way through this year. There's still a lot of year to go, and I believe we have something to look forward to. We have a reason to lift our chin, and so I want to encourage you this morning. So if you have your Bibles, would you please turn with me to Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1, and the title of the message today is this. It's waiting, waiting, waiting. If you live in a rural area, which I assume most of us do, but if you live like really like out in the boonies, then uh, this is probably not a, a, an unfamiliar sight for you. Any of y'all know where that red circle's from? What's that from? Anybody? That's from Netflix. That's the Netflix, Netflix red circle. Whenever you start a show, you know, a little circle. If you live out in the middle of nowhere, that circle just goes around and around forever. And you're just like, my goodness, this thing is never going to stop. And I feel that that's the way a lot of us, our mentality is right now. Just like, man, when is this going to stop? When are we going to get to the good part? And I think we will discount what we're going through right now because we're looking so forward to what's to come. And I believe that if we... If that's our mentality, we're going to miss a lot of what God wants to do here today. So, come on, we're going to get into it. Acts chapter 1. By the way, if you've got the uh, Version uh, Bible app on your phone, you can pull that up and the, all the um, scripture reference we'll be using today as well as some sermon notes will be available there for you. You can follow along right there on your phone. Go to the Version Bible app and, and click the button that says more at the bottom and then events and then it'll say Calvary Tabernacle. Click on that and it'll... Pull it right up there for you. So Acts chapter 1, we're going to start in verse 3. It says, During the 40 days after Jesus suffered and died, he appeared to the apostles from time to time, and he proved to them in many ways that he was actually alive. He was actually alive. Can I encourage you today? Jesus is actually still alive today. He's still alive. Come on. And he talked to the disciples about the kingdom of God. And once, when he was eating with them, he commanded them, Do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised. Someone say, he promised. 
As I told you before, John baptized with water, but in just a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Come on, y'all. This is good. This is good. Here's point number one. If you're taking notes, I like to take notes. Helps me stay focused. Point number one. Some things are worth waiting for. Some things are just worth waiting for. Come on. Jesus, he's, he's gathered with the disciples. They're eating. Luke is telling the story in Acts chapter 1. He's, he's sending this letter to a, a friend of his named Theophilus, and he, he recounts this story for his friend in this letter. And he says, uh, Jesus came, and, and he, he rose from the grave, and he appeared to his disciples from time to time. And once, while he was eating with them, after he had risen from the grave, he gave them this commandment. He said, don't leave Jerusalem until the Father sends what he's promised you he would send. Don't leave. And so the disciples, Jesus, he's, he's gone. He's ascended into heaven at this point, and, and the disciples are waiting. They're waiting. Jesus gives them this word, and it wasn't until 10 days later that they actually saw the promise. But Jesus was only with them for the first three out of those 10 days, and Jesus ascends. He's, he's gone into heaven, and now the disciples are waiting in Jerusalem. They're waiting. But I would ask you this question. Why would God, why would Jesus command his disciples to wait? Why? I mean, think about this. They had just spent the last three or so years walking with him everywhere he went, talking with them, listening to him, uh, listening to his, his preaching and his teaching. They know the word of God because they had been with the word of God. Jesus had taught them in ways that he hadn't taught the, the general public. He, he spoke, uh, whenever he spoke to most people, he used parables to teach, but whenever he spoke to the disciples, he spoke more directly and he spoke more intimately, deep, deeper. The disciples knew, think about this. Jesus, it's important, Luke said, it, Jesus appeared, for, appeared to them and proved that he was actually still alive. So not only had they heard the gospel message being preached by Jesus, but they had seen it play out in front of their very eyes. They were firsthand witnesses to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Come on, church, that's incredible. That's incredible. And you would think if you had seen someone be raised from the dead, you wouldn't be able to shut up about it. You'd be going and telling everybody Everybody at International Paper, or uh, what, what is the meal called now? Graphic, graphic packaging. Everybody there would know about it. They would hear about it. It'd be all over Facebook. It'd be all over Instagram. I mean, if you had truly seen someone raised from the dead, you would want to go out and tell everybody about it because people don't just get up from the dead. This had to be someone extremely special, extremely powerful. And they had seen it with their eyes, and Jesus said, ah, don't go tell anybody. In fact, just stay right there in Jerusalem. Don't leave until the promise comes. So what do you do in the waiting? What do you do when you're waiting? I guarantee you every single person in this room right now is waiting for something. You're waiting for the promise of God. You're waiting for a miracle in your body. You're waiting for this year to be over waiting for that toilet paper you bought two months ago to run out. It might be a while before that happens. We're all waiting. 
We're waiting on something, waiting on the miracles of God. So why would Jesus tell them to wait? It's because some things are worth waiting for. And some things are even more special if you've had to wait for it. So he tells the disciples, stay in Jerusalem and wait. Now they could have gone out and they could have preached the gospel to every corner of the world, but they didn't. The Bible tells us, that, or at least the, the, part, the portion of people that it tells us about, they were faithful to what God said. They stayed in Jerusalem and wait. So what did they do while they were waiting? Pray. They were praying. While they were waiting, they were praying. And I think a lot of us have this mentality that, that prayer is like a plan B, where it's like if everything else goes wrong and you can't control something, you should pray. But I believe that in the waiting, that should be our number one priority. Because prayer is not just a plan B. Come on, prayer should be the first weapon that we pick up whenever things come our way, whenever distractions come, whenever, come on, church, that's good. We should pick up prayer. We should wait. Y'all, whenever I graduated college, I went to Bible college, and there at Bible college, I felt, I mean, I, I know, it wasn't just like, a, I, I think maybe God is doing, no, like, I knew God was calling me to come back home to Queen City, Atlanta, Texas, and to serve Calvary Tabernacle here. I went to Bible college, I thought I learned everything, it was incredible. My wife and I, we moved back home and there was a, such a deep conviction in my heart, such a, uh, I mean, I know that God promised, I know that he, he gave me this assignment and this promise that I would be here at Calvary Tabernacle. And so whenever I moved back home, it was such a, a, a deep conviction and I knew it so well that I thought, God, if that's what you were calling me to do, you will make it happen. You will make it happen. So my wife and I, we moved back home. We're excited to get out of Dallas. It was fun for a little while, but we had all we could handle. And we moved back home, and my little wife, she goes out, and she gets a job waiting tables. And I was like, no, I know what God promised me, and I'm not going to settle for anything else. But here's the catch. I just felt God saying this. I don't want you to say a word about it to anybody besides your wife. I don't want you to drop hints to Pastor Billy or the board of directors at Calvary Tabernacle. I don't want you to pursue anything. I just want you to be faithful in the waiting. So we get back home and I'm thinking, oh man, that, that, I can do that, I can, I can wait. Well, a whole month passed by and my wife is the only source of income for my family. We're, we're living with my uh, mother-in-law, my father-in-law in their upstairs bedroom and and, uh, and I'm grateful for my in-laws, but, but let me tell you this, it's, it's not a healthy situation to be living with your parents after you're married. <laughs> and, and so we're living in their home and my wife is working and I, I just feel it, you know, it's just like, you know whenever you're in a room and you didn't realize someone else was in there, but you can feel somebody like looking at you and you turn around and there they are. Like I, I felt like my in-laws were like looking at me like, dude, are you gonna go out and get a job? Like, <laughs> were y'all feeling like that, Miss Tammy? Like you married my daughter, are you just gonna stay at home and be a bum? 
And I remembered that, that feeling, it was, it was, a, it was a, 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 come on, I was bitter in my heart at God, like God, I know that you called me to, to go to Calvary Tabernacle. I know that I'm supposed to be in full-time ministry. I know that. I, I heard your promise. I served you faithfully in Bible college. Here I am a month later and nothing's happened. Two months later, nothing's happened. Three months later, 90 days. And I don't like to sit still. I, I like to go. I like to do stuff. I don't like to be bored. And that's why waiting is so hard for me because I like to get my hands to do it. Brother Ken knows if anybody in here knows. It's hard to sit still and just do nothing. And I remember I had this thought in my mind, well, maybe I could go and get a job until God provides for me there. But I felt it so deeply within me. I guess I'm stubborn enough. I was like, nope, I'm not going to do it. Four months passes, nothing. Five months to the day, I get a phone call from our associate pastor at the time saying, hey, let's, let's meet up and eat some lunch. And at lunch that day, he said, we, we met in, at the board meeting last night and, and uh, we, we'd like to hire you on here at Calvary Tabernacle and and I was so immature, I said, man, I'll pray about it. But inside my heart, I was jumping up and down, screaming, hallelujah, God, I can't believe you did it. You pulled through, I actually heard you, it was real. I mean, come on, I was excited. And in those five months of waiting, you know what I did? I prayed. I studied the Word of God. I started writing sermons. I started getting a game plan. God, whenever you provide, this is what I feel like you can be doing. This is, and I started doing all of this stuff in my head for five months. And so whenever I came on, I already had a dozen or more sermons to preach. I already had an idea of where I felt God was, was moving for the youth and the kids. And listen, sometimes there's just some things that are worth waiting for. And even if it's hard to wait, and you just want to get your hands in there and do something, sometimes you just have to say, I'm going to be stubborn enough to wait on God. I'm going to be stubborn enough to wait on Because let me tell you, God's timing is always best. It's always best. Here's point number two. I should say point number one, some things are worth waiting for. Point number two is waiting is the plan of God. It is. That's his plan. I, if I only knew the plan that God has for my life, well, can I tell you the biggest portion of it is going to be waiting. <laughs> I don't know how or where or what it's going to look like for you, but I can't tell you that's probably going to be the biggest portion of, your, of God's plan for your life is waiting. It's waiting. I look at the Bible and I see Job had to wait for his healing. He had to wait for restoration. Abraham had to wait for the promise of children. He waited 25 years. The Bible says when he got the promise, his body was as good as dead. That's what the Bible says. He was as good as dead. 25 years later, he still is waiting. David had to wait to become king even after he had been anointed to be king. Joseph had to wait on the promise even after being enslaved, falsely accused, and imprisoned. I'm talking about having to wait in some not ideal situations. <laughs> 
Caleb and Joshua, they had to wait on the promise, which was literally the promised land, after they had already seen it and experienced it. And it wasn't even their fault that they had to wait. They had to wait because other people were stubborn and hard-headed. Mm. Daniel had to wait all night in a lion's den. That was just one night. Yeah, with a bunch of hungry lions. I, I, I like macaroni and cheese a lot. Any kind of macaroni and cheese. The Paula Deen homestyle macaroni and cheese. It's incredible. Kraft macaroni and cheese. It's incredible. I love it all. I'll even go for the great value. In fact, I believe the great value, the three cheese, macaroni and cheese with the shells, that's even better than the Kraft, in my personal opinion. But I don't know if you've ever made some macaroni and cheese. If you like macaroni and cheese, I don't know if you've ever made like the Kraft macaroni and cheese. It says on the box it takes seven minutes to boil and the noodles will be ready. I promise you, it takes seven years. Seven minutes. I sit by that stove, seven minutes later, those things are still hard as a rock. I'm like, man, where did you get your numbers here? Something's wrong. Sometimes it, it, it doesn't matter the duration of the wait as much as the circumstances while you're waiting. Noah had to wait patiently as he built the ark for it to rain even though it had never rained before. And then he had to wait inside the ark with a bunch of smelly animals. 40 days and 40 nights it rained and he's on a boat Unable, we're talking about social distancing. We're talking about quarantine. <laughs> He's on a boat unable to leave with a bunch of elephants that still have to do their business. Circumstances can make the wait seem longer. Jesus waited 30 years before he began his ministry. Listen, waiting isn't just an a unfortunate circumstance that comes up on your way to the promise, waiting is the plan of God. And that's why I wanna encourage you today, if you feel like you're stuck, man, I, I've, we're 53% of the way through 2020, come on, I cannot wait for a fresh start. If that's your attitude, can I encourage you? God's plan is the waiting. Listen, 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 look right up here, listen. You're in the plan of God right now right now come on it's his plan and i think a lot of times we look so forward to what's ahead of us that we forget that god's plan is right here and right now and we're walking through it you see you, your promise and i know i'm talking real vague because i'm talking to a lot of people that are going through a lot of different things your promise, whatever you feel like your promise from God may be, whether it's spiritual, physical, mental, emotional, whatever you feel that that promise may be, I, I guarantee you that that destination that you feel God is bringing you to is not God's ultimate goal for you. It's not. Who you are becoming while you're on your way to the promise is far more important to God's heart than you getting to the promise. Because here's the thing, we can get to the promise, but if we aren't ready for it, we'll never be able to stand up underneath it. I think a lot of times we ask God for things in prayer, 
and we get discouraged whenever he doesn't answer our prayer. Let me tell you this though, God always answers prayer. Always. But sometimes his answer is a big fat no. (laughs) Whenever my son asks me for sweets, he's got an extreme sweet tooth, a four-year-old son. Whenever he asks me for sweets, most of the time, the answer he gets is no. And he's four years old, and so he's learning what no means. And so my wife, she, she started this, uh, this thing. She, she would get right down on his level and be like, Jack, I said no. But mama, I'm just asking for one Oreo. And she says this, Jack, no means no. She'll say, say it with me, Jack. No means, and he's over there like, Jack, I need to hear it out of your mouth. No means. And finally he'll be, no. So often we ask God for things and we get discouraged whenever the answer doesn't come, but sometimes his answer is no. Because sometimes we pray for things that we would never be able to handle. And, he's, and, and sometimes his answer isn't even no. Sometimes his answer is not right now. Jack will ask for an Oreo and I'll say, have you drank a bottle of water yet today? You can have an Oreo, but I need you to drink an entire bottle of water today before you have an Oreo. Sometimes God's answer is not no. Sometimes it's just not right now. And we need to learn to be able to walk through the plan of God, which is the journey on the way to the promise, because once we get there, we will have the endurance to stand up underneath the promise. Come on. That's good, church. That's good. Who you are becoming as you wait is more important to God than what you are waiting for. Waiting is the plan of God, so don't rush it. I love Jeremiah 29, 11, a very familiar verse of Scripture. It says, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster. Plans to give you a future and a hope. Listen, the plans are, are there. There is a future, but there's also a What do you need hope for if you've already got what you need? Hope only exists because you don't have what you need. God says this, my plan is to give you the future and the hope while you're waiting. Come on. Waiting is the plan of God. James chapter 1, verse 2 and 3, it says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Yeah, Jesus, uh, yeah. I love trials and troubles. I love when they come my way and they put a kink in my plans and now I have to wait. Yeah, that's joy to me. (laughs) I love the word of God. It says, for you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. It's in the waiting that we grow. It's in the waiting. So if you're experiencing waiting in your life, you're waiting on the promise, you're waiting on the healing, you're waiting on the miracle, consider it great joy because in this season you have an opportunity to grow.
See, it's easy to activate faith, but it's a whole lot harder to keep it. The reason God makes us wait is because he wants us to keep the faith. If we always got what we wanted when we wanted it, when we prayed for it, we wouldn't need faith. So God says, I'm just going to make them wait on it a little bit. (laughs) Oh, man. How many of y'all have ever seen new Christians, they, they have an experience, an encounter with God, and they get all fired up? And it's like you couldn't knock them over with a bulldozer. And then a few weeks later, you, you meet them and they look downcast and, and discouraged. It's because it's really easy to activate faith in your life, but a whole lot harder to keep it. But I love what God says here. Consider it joy when you face obstacles, trials, whenever you face troubles. Consider it joy because then you have a chance to grow. Here's point number three. Waiting produces power. Waiting, look at the person you're sitting beside and say, waiting produces power. Waiting is the spiritual gym for your spiritual muscles. (laughs) You can tell I haven't been in the gym in a while. Physical gym. (laughs) But I love that that we can use something like waiting to build our spiritual muscles. Back at, in James chapter 1, verse 3, it says, For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow, so let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Let me give you the, uh, the new Samuel translation here. Not a real translation, by the way. It's, anyway, this is what he's saying. Once you've waited, you'll be complete. Once you've waited, you'll be stronger. I love this. He says, if you need wisdom, ask our generous God, and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking, but when you ask him, be sure your faith, someone say faith, is in God alone. Do not waver, for a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Check out this next part. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Ouch! I love that. There's just some areas of the Bible you read that are just so grace-filled and and merciful, and then there's some areas of the Bible that are like... Boy, if you don't have faith, don't expect to receive anything from Jesus. If you haven't waited, oh, come on. If you haven't waited, don't expect to receive the promise. Because he's saying this, once your faith has been tested in the waiting, then you will be complete. Then you will lack nothing. And it's in that moment that you can say, God, I'm ready. I'm expectant. I'm eager, I'm anxious for your promise. Come on. Troubles are an opportunity for joy because listen to this. this I'm, I'm just doing the math in my head. Uh, if we don't have to wait, then we won't need faith, right? But if we have to wait, it gives our faith an opportunity to grow. And if our faith has had an opportunity to grow, then we can expect to receive things from God. Oh, that's good. 
So, waiting is vital to receiving your promise. But so many of us, we will say, God, I'm tired of waiting. I'm tired of sitting here. You gave me this promise. Now, where are you? And God is saying, I'm right here. I never left you. You're in, you've been in my plan all along. Stick it out. Wait, because the promise is coming. And if you wait, you can just have some expectation because I'm going to do it. Oh, God is so good. He is so good. Isaiah 40, verse 31. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint because they waited. If you're like me and all you want to do is go, 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 you're going to get weary. You're going to faint. You're going to get tired. We have to learn to wait because there is power in the wait. There is power that comes from your waiting. I want to give you guys an illustration. It's easier for me to see things. This is uh, not suggested that you use this for any reason. And I'll show you why. Because um, this is a bad idea. I need all my teenagers to look away. You see, whenever God gives us a promise, we want to see incredible things happen. Unusual things, un- un- I mean, miracles we want to see. I mean, come on, if you're a Christian, you love Jesus. I hope that you want to see miracles in your life and in your family and in your job and in your, your pursuits. I hope that you want to see miracles in those areas for sure. And we get so excited about the things of God and what he gives us and what he promises us that the first thing we want to do is we want to run out and turn this baby on. (sighs) And then we're disappointed when God doesn't come through in our life. But you were in such a hurry. And even though you had all the tools, you had the right idea, you knew what you were supposed to do You got in such a hurry that you left what was most important. See, church, there is a power that comes with waiting. And if we would just learn to wait, it takes you a little bit longer to to get this thing plugged up. But if you take the time to wait, God's promises are gonna be a lot cooler. And if you take the time to pray and to prepare yourself while you're waiting, then whenever God says, go,
things are gonna change. Listen, we have to understand that there's power in the waiting. If you get in too much of a hurry, you're gonna miss the things of God. He says, hey, I got a lot out there for you. There's a lot in store. And listen, you may have the right idea. You may have the right tools. You may have the right resources. But the wrong timing. But if we would just learn to wait and take the time to do what God has ordained, what he has planned, what he is asking of us, then there's a power that comes in the waiting. The disciples, they could have left Jerusalem and gone out and preached the gospel to the lost and the dying world. But they would have done it without the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus told them, he said, stay and wait for the promise of God. They had everything they needed. They were firsthand witnesses to the gospel of Jesus Christ, but they didn't have the power, the authority to do anything about it yet. Come on, church, there's power that comes in the waiting. Can't tell you how many times I've gone into Walmart needing something like I'll be on my way home from work and I'll stop by I'm like man I gotta get this because Emily needs it for dinner tonight or whatever the case may be and I get inside Walmart and I don't like to be inside Walmart <laughs> and so I and whenever I shop, I, I try to start on one side of the store and work my way around getting everything that I need so I don't have to go back and forth because then I get real anxious. So I'll start on one side of the store and get the things that are convenient for me there in that moment. But then I've been there for five minutes and people are going down the wrong aisles. You know, there's an arrow, go that way. And everybody's going this way. I'm like, man, you can't just follow the rules. I don't really care which way you go, but there's an arrow on the ground, and it says to go this way. <laughs> like, I don't know. I get anxious about this kind of stuff. I'm the weirdo, I guess. And I'll get so anxious that I'll, I'll get what I have in my buggy, and I'm like, is that everything? Is that, that's, surely that's everything. I'm just ready to get out of here. I go and I check out, get everything in the Jeep, and I start driving home. I get to the house and start unloading, and then I think, Dad, nabbit, the one thing that we really needed, I left because I was in such a hurry to leave. I was in such a hurry to get out of there that I left what was the most important. But there's power in the waiting. Galatians 6 verse 9 says, So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. We've got to learn to wait. Psalms 27 verse 14 says, Wait patiently for the Lord. Be brave and courageous. And then he says it again just so that we knuckleheads get the idea. Yes, wait patiently for the Lord. Psalms 130 verse 5 says, I am counting on the Lord. Yes, I am counting on him. I have put my hope in his word. James 5 verse 8 says, you too must be patient. Take courage for the coming of the Lord 
is near. And Psalms 37 verse 7 says, be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for him to act. Don't worry about evil people who prosper or fret about their wicked schemes because some things are worth waiting for. And waiting is more than just an inconvenience. Waiting is the plan of God. And waiting produces power. So can I give you some encouragement today? In this moment where you feel like you're stuck in an endless Netflix loop of waiting, I want to encourage you, be strong and courageous in this time. Because God hasn't quit on 2020, and he hasn't quit on you, and the season you're in may feel like an inconvenience, but it is actually the plan of God for your life. I don't know what's on the other side of this, but I do know this. We as a church will be stronger for it. We as the people of God will be mature because of it. And come on, we may have to wear a mask next week at church, but guess what? We're going to be stronger because we've been through the process of waiting. We've been through the process of having to do the things that were uncomfortable for us. But now we can have an expectation because we've learned to wait. We've learned to be obedient. We've learned to live in the plan of God. That last portion of scripture we read, Psalm 37, verse 7, it says to be still in the presence of the Lord. Be still. And I've got good news for Brother Ken because I know we don't like to be still. <laughs> the word doesn't literally mean stand like a statue. The Hebrew word there in our English translation says be still. The Hebrew translation means to quiet yourself. Make yourself come to a stop and listen. And what the word of God is saying here is we need to be a people that in this moment of waiting, when God, what do we do? What do we do while we're waiting? You told me to wait, what do I do while I'm waiting? We pray. You better amp your worship up some more. You better start doing some, some biblical things that have been a little bit uncomfortable for you. <laughs> Come on, we gotta give God more than what we have been in this moment of waiting. In 30, Psalm 37 verse seven, it tells us to be still, but before that, it also says, don't fret, trust in the Lord your God, dwell in the land and be faithful, delight yourself in the Lord, Commit your way and trust in him. Those are all verbs. Those are all action words. He's not saying just, oh, I guess I'll wait. I guess I'll just sit here and wait, Jesus. That's not what it's saying. It's saying be faithful where you're at. Commit yourself to the Lord. Commit yourself to the Lord. Commit yourself to the Lord to the Lord. God, what are you telling me to do today? I'll do it. I don't know when the promise is coming, but I'm gonna be faithful right here today. Commit yourself to the Lord. So here's your challenge, and I'm closing with this. Just like for the disciples, stay and wait didn't mean go home and go to bed. They stayed in Jerusalem, but their spirits were engaged. They were praying. They were worshiping together. And I want you to notice what happened seven days into their waiting. You might say, oh, seven days? That's a, really? 
We've gone 53% of the way through 2020. That's a lot more than seven days, Jesus. But I want you to remember, they had been with Jesus, and now he's gone. And he said, wait for the promise, but he didn't say when it would come. He didn't even tell them what it would look like when it did come. But because they were faithful in the waiting, and because they were watchful, and because they were expectant in that moment, whenever the promise did come, I want you to see what Peter says right here in Acts chapter 2, verse 32 32 through 33. Peter's talking to a crowd of people. He says this, God raised Jesus from the dead, and we are all witnesses of this. Now he is exalted to the place of highest honor in heaven at God's right hand. And the Father, as he promised, gave Jesus, the Holy Spirit, to pour out upon us, just as you see and hear today. Listen, this is, I can imagine Peter in this moment. They've been waiting for seven days, but it felt like seven eternities. And they didn't know what it was going to look like, what it was going to sound like, when it was going to come. But when the Holy Spirit came, Peter said, hey, y'all are all witnesses to this. You see it with your eyes. You hear it with your ears. God is faithful. And we waited and he came through. Come on. Church, he is good. He will never not come through. He will never not come through. So just wait. Just wait. Because he will come through. If we wait. And don't waste the waiting. I think at the end of this, a lot of us are going to look back and say, God, you were doing so much in my heart, in my life, in my spirit, in my family during this time. And it was hard and it was exhausting and I didn't enjoy it. But now that I look back at it, I thank you for it because I see this blessing. I see how you worked this out. I see how you moved in this situation. I see where you brought this healing. I see how my family has come closer together. I see, and we start to look at all these things. And and then now we have this attitude that, man, the waiting was hard, but it was worth it. And I pray that our attitude at the end of this is, man, I can't wait to wait some more. God, I can't wait to wait on what you have next. I don't just want the promise. I want the waiting too, God, because you do so much in the waiting. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We love you. And we, we are appreciative and grateful for this period of waiting, God, and we count it as joy. Lord, right now it seems hard, it seems difficult, it seems uh, chaotic, but Lord, we know that you are good. We know that your promises are good and that you are faithful, God. And so in this moment, we dedicate ourselves, we commit ourselves to you, and we say, God, bring on the waiting because you are in the waiting. Your plan is the waiting, and we want to be right smack dab in the middle of your plan because just as your word says in Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, you know your plans for us and they are good. And Lord, we are ready to walk in the goodness of God and in the plan of God, even if it means we have to live in a a period and a season of waiting. God, we love you so much. And I pray that you would just encourage and lift up the hearts of every man, woman, boy, and girl in this place here today. God, that we would have a hope that is secure in you. And Lord, that we would walk out of here And through the rest of this year and all the troubles that come with our heads held high, knowing that we are right in the middle of your plan. We love you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Someone say amen.
Amen. I love you, church. Have fun waiting. We'll see you on Wednesday night.